uh, Pastor Trudell and Dr. Williams and Pastor Williams and Pastor Joe in his absence and Pastor Harris, I just want to thank you. Thank you for that powerful, powerful prayer, Dr. Williams. You prayed that. You prayed that. Amen. And also to my wife, Eastland, my prime rib, amen. I, you know, I told them she keeps me rooted. They always tell me in the congregation somebody has to, amen. But she keeps me rooted and focused. I won't be long before you, but let me just say this. I have to say this to the young people. I celebrated 56 years uh, on last week, and my wife and I we were we were we were in uh, we were in um, what was it? No, 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 the restaurant. We was in Outback eating, and I, I want to talk to the young people. We were in Outback eating. Now, 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 this isn't my sermon, but I need you to understand this. And this young girl, her name is Elion. And she's the age of our daughter, about 22 years old. And she came over to our table and she was serving us. And, and she was so excited. And, and I'm going to tell you, as an educator, I always ask, when I see young people, I don't care what capacity they're in, I ask them, uh, what are you doing? What school are you attending? Uh, and, and, and she began to tell me that she was attending Polk State. And, and, and she said, and so I said, what are you majoring in? And she said, well, I'm, I'm in general studies now, but I want to be, I want to get into aircraft sheet metal. And then I want to be a, I want to become a pilot and I want to fly missionaries. But do you know what she told me that crushed my heart? She said, but they told me here that I'm dreaming too big. And I, and I told pastor this, it crushed my heart to hear her say that they told, and you could see she, she wasn't totally defeated, but she was defeated because they told her she could not do what her heart desired. And I'm here to tell you, young people, my wife call them haters. I call them dream crushers. Don't let anybody crush your dreams. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I just got to let you know that as an educator, as somebody who's worked with young people, there are going to be people out there. And unfortunately, there'll be people in your own family because they haven't done anything. They're going to tell you you can't. But don't listen to that. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Hold on to that. Amen. So our scripture comes out of Acts 16, 23 through 26. I won't be long. Um, and it says, uh, 23 says, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet to the stocks. But at midnight, and I like that. Pastor always talk about that conjunction, that but at midnight. Uh, uh, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners we're listening to them. I, I'm a little excited because I already preached this at the 9 o'clock service over in New City. I've already been shouting. So y'all in for a treat this morning. I'm here to tell you the scripture says suddenly there was a great earthquake. So the foundation of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors, not one, not just Paul and Silas door, but all the doors. I need you to understand that were open in every chain, not just Paul and Silas chains, but every chain. We're loose. Every chain will loose. I won't be long as I said, but there is a word from the Lord. As we are in our last Sunday of this month's spiritual discipline, which is what, Good Hope? Worship. God has given me for a topic. This ain't no ordinary worship. This ain't no ordinary worship. I, I want to... I, I went to the, I, I Googled it, Pastor, and I wanted to see what the definition of ordinary 
was, and Webster defines ordinary as something that is normal. I, I, I need you to understand commonplace or standard, not different or special or unexpected in any way. And so I, I, I got that definition. I got the world's definition. So I went to the King James uh, Version Dictionary to define ordinary, and it is said as common and usual. Aren't you glad we don't serve a common God? I, 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 I don't know about you, but there's nothing common about the God I serve. You see, Buddha is common. Uh, Muhammad is common, but our God is not a common God. He's all, he's a, he's an all-knowing and all-doing God. And I just need you to know that, uh, good hope. Uh, 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 listen, listen, as, as I like to do sometimes, allow me to just give you a quick overview of the book of Acts. Acts was written by Luke and it was written to Theopolis. It, it was written around the early 1663 AD and it is an accurate account of the spread of the gospel and the growth of the early church. It's about 30, 30 years uh, of the early church. And we find in chapter 16, this thing just, 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 I mean, it just blew me away because I've, I've read this over and over, but this is a message that God has given me. This ain't no ordinary worship. He said, uh, we find in chapter 16 of the book of Acts, Paul and Silas and Timothy were traveling. As they traveled through the cities, they delivered the decrees or the directives to the church, which was determined by the apostles and the elders at Jerusalem. That's Acts 16 and 4. As they made their way through the cities, Luke tells us that churches were strengthened uh, in their faith and they grew in their numbers. I'm here to tell you that uh, 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 that tells me that Paul and the boys' worship was anything but ordinary. Uh, 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 I don't know about you, but I don't want to attend an ordinary church. Uh, churches don't grow when they're ordinary. There was worshiping and praising going on in, in order for the church to grow in faith and in numbers. I, I need you to hear me, good hope. People have to be excited and inspired by something or someone before they jo join anything, especially a church. I don't want to come into a church, sit all day, and then go out being the same way that I came in because it was ordinary. Y'all can, I can stay at home and get ordinary. I want extraordinary or extraordinary. Y'all going to hear me this morning. Listen, listen. I can't tell you how excited I was to listen to two of our members on yesterday, uh, uh, Pastor Williams and uh, 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 Sister Riley, and they were speaking over in the in the LRC, and I walked in on them, and you could see the smile, and they were just excited about good hope. Uh, they were just talking about how good it is to be in good hope. That's when you got that uh, uh, extraordinary worship. I just chimed in on the conversation. made me feel good to be talking about how good good hope is and is worshiping God. That was just a God thing this morning yesterday amen listen listen they were they were helping the mission team put together items for uganda's mission trip and they were having a great conversation i could see see it in their smiles and in their posture you know ordinary does not get that kind of excitement uh, uh ordinary is just ordinary i'm, I'm, I'm gonna get there y'all just bear with me for a minute i'm excited about this thing this morning so we find paul timothy and silas on their mission journey. And one night, Paul has a dream. A man from Macedonia pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. That's Acts 16 and 9. Now listen, they, including Luke, made their way to Philippi, the foremost part 
of Macedonia, Acts 16 and 12. Now, now, like anything, on their way, they encountered a demon-possessed girl who followed them and annoyed them uh, and annoyed Paul until the, he commanded the spirit in the name of Jesus to leave the girl. And it left that very hour, Acts 16 and 18. Now, listen, the girl's master was not happy because their hope a prophet was gone and they brought Paul and Silas before the magistrate and made up lies against them. I need you to understand this, especially our young people, when you're doing the work of the Lord, there will be haters. Uh, there will be opposition toward anyone who profess Christ as their Lord and Savior. Uh, we have it right now, this 21st century, some countries, the name of Jesus can't be spoken. And even here in the U.S., United States, we get ridiculed by some and rejected by others just as we, just because we mentioned the name of Jesus. You know, I was, I would tell you, uh, Pastor Pickett and, and, and London, uh, um, uh, Angela, I was surprised at your graduation. We standing out there. I had to, I had to refocus and make sure we were still in Polk County. Uh, but, uh, we was at Mulberry's high graduation and sitting there and this young lady came on stage and she said, let us pray. I had to look up for a minute. I said, wait a minute. We, you know, at Southeastern, we're a Christian private college. That's the norm. But uh, you don't find that in high schools anymore. But she said, let us pray. And then what got me at the end of a prayer, she didn't say in the name of Buddha. She didn't say in the name of Muhammad. She said in the name of Jesus. They said, then the scripture say, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. I was like, all right now, they got it right. In Mulberry, I don't know how they do it for my alma mater, Bartow High School, or Kathleen, or Lakeland, but I know they praying over there at Mulberry High. Amen, somebody. I was, I was moved. I was moved. She prayed, and then she said, in the name of Jesus. So we find Paul and Silas were falsely accused and beaten, thrown into prison for nothing more than doing the work in the name of the Lord. We find here in Acts 16, 23, the scripture tells us that and when they had laid many stripes on them. They threw them into the prisons, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Not only did they throw them in prison, but they put them in the inner most part of the prison. And then that wasn't enough. And then they fastened their feet to the stocks. Acts 16, 24. This had to make it difficult for them to even move. It's just like the work of the devil to try and tie us up physically, mentally, and spiritually. He would do it on your job, in your home, and even in your church. Paul was so deeply into the depth, so so deeply into the depth of despair and darkness to the point of a depression. Have you been there accused of doing things you have not done? Accused of saying things you have not said. The devil will say and do anything to entangle and entrap us so that we become shackled, uh, chained, and confined bogged down by so much stuff that we don't want to get up in the morning, let alone come to church. Uh, but this is the very place that God is calling us to come to. Uh, it's the very place that will make a difference in our day. I just need you to understand that uh, we come to church to be refueled, refocused, and ready to face the world another week. Uh, last thing you want to do is uh, pull up to the pump, and the pump says it is empty. Uh, I don't want to come to a empty pump. That means I don't want to come inside an 
empty church. I, I can still, I can do empty all by myself. When I come into God's house, I want to be fueled up. Uh, if I'm not getting the fuel here, I'm going to go somewhere else and get fueled up. I'm just telling you how it is. I got to go somewhere. And I, look, I don't want Ethel. I want premium. Uh, uh, everybody can do. Ethel is normal. I, I'm just telling you like God giving it to me. Amen, somebody. Imagine with me for a moment. One minute you're sharing the gospel. The next minute dragged before a judge on trumped up charges. No pun intended. Uh, beaten and then thrown in jail. That's enough to break anyone. Uh, I, I have to tell you, I was just across my news feed. I, I, on my phone, I just read that a Michigan man who spent 45 years in prison before he was exonerated of murder received $1.5 million from the state. The Attorney General office said Friday, Richard Phillips, 73, was exonerated in 2018, becoming the longest-serving U.S. inmate to be cleared. Uh, he was selling his prison paintings to raise money while waiting to learn whether he would be compensated under Michigan law that pays the wrongly convicted. Uh, how do you compensate for a time? I'm here to tell you. You can, I, I, I heard it said, and I said myself, you can mess with my money, but don't mess with my time. I can get more money, but when time is gone, I can't go back and get time. I can get more money. I can work and get that. But after today, I can't get today back. So uh, it's important. My time is more important than my money. So he spent 45 years, uh, mama speed, so I had to do the math. I took 45 years, and I, 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 I said I took 73, and I subtracted 45, so it tells me he was 28 years old when he went in, came out at 73. How do you get that many years back? Uh, 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 you, can't, uh, you can't get that back. Uh, uh, I just need you to understand how do you compensate for time. Can you imagine being locked up in bondage for 45 years? Well, we know men and women and young and old still locked up in spiritual bondage of knowing Christ, but not knowing him and accepting him as their Lord and Savior. Yeah, they're walking around. They may not be in chains or be behind bars, but they're still uh, locked up in their mind because they don't know the Lord for themselves. Uh, Luke tells us that in the midst of being beaten, shackled, jailed, and thrown in the deepest part of the prison, Paul and Silas, freedom taken away, prayed and praised God. Did you hear that? They prayed and praised God. They were locked up, wrongly accused in the deepest part of the prison. I just can imagine they got shackles on their hand and shackles on their feet. Don't want them to move, but they said they prayed and they prayed. You know, it's easy to praise God when everything is going good. Uh, it's easy to give him a hallelujah when the house note is paid or uh, when you got that good job. Uh, try praising him when they lay you off. Try praising him when they foreclose on your home. Try praising him when you lose a loved one too early. That's when you know, uh, uh, that's when you have that, you know what your relationship is with the Lord. Uh, 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 listen, they were having worship service. I, I enjoyed this. It was no ordinary worship. Listen, listen, listen. They uh, did not have an air-conditioned church. Uh, uh, it was an uh, not an ordinary worship. They did not have padded pews or a hand-designed pulpit. Uh, uh, 
Paul and Silas congregation consisted of some of the hardest known criminals to Macedonia. Uh, that was their congregation. Didn't have fine folks like y'all sitting up in suits and ties. We're talking about murderers and rapists. We're talking about robbers and thieves. And he was in the middle. They prayed and they still praise God. Amen, somebody. Paul and Silas found themselves in an unusual place uh, like we do sometimes. It's so important, my brothers and sisters, when you find yourself in an unusual place, you need to be praising and worshiping an extraordinary God. When you find yourself shackled and, and tied down and don't seem like you can get loose, uh, go ahead and praise him anyway. It's important to praise him in the middle of the storm. Uh, you, if you don't praise him in the middle of the storm, you're never going to appreciate when you come out of the storm. I just need you to understand that. I need you to understand that there was nothing ordinary about Paul and Silas' worship and praise. Because every time I read about Paul and Silas beaten but not broken, every time I read about Paul and Silas shackled but not silenced, every time I read about Paul and Silas sentenced but not standing still. Uh, see, that's where the devil wants you. Every time I read about Paul and Silas praying and singing in the midst of confinement, their situation, I need you to write this down, did not dictate their celebration. I, I need you to understand that their situation did not dictate their celebration. A lot of times, the only way we can celebrate is when everything is going good. You want to mess the devil up? Celebrate when things are going bad. Just because they foreclosed on your house or you lost that job, that means God got a bigger house and another better job for you. But you got to know how to praise him in the midst of all your losses. Uh, don't you do you no good just to praise him when things are going on this side? I'm just here to tell you today, Pastor. Y'all got me excited up here. I need you to understand that these boys has lost their freedom, but they pray, praise, and worship in spite of, not because of. They prayed in spite of, not because of. Let me break it down. It was not their circumstances in which they prayed. I, 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 that's in spite of. Never once does the Bible say they prayed and asked God to remove the chains uh, 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 or open the cell doors. They prayed and praised and worshiped in spite of their situations, not because of it. You understand that, my brothers and sisters? We have to be able to worship God, worship God at all times. Nobody says it better than my boy David in Psalms 34. Listen, listen, this is how David put it. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Now, now, when I hear all times, that's not just saying the good times. That's saying the bad times. That's not just saying my gains, but that's saying my losses. Uh, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Bless the Lord uh, at all times. And then he said, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Uh, 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 you want to mess the devil up? Uh, uh, do like Job did. Uh, he let him take everything from you and continue to praise the Lord. Then he said, my soul shall make is boasting the Lord. The humble shall fear, shall hear of it and be glad. And then he says this, oh magnify. Oh magnify. Then he then he then he then 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 he enlisted us. He said, Oh magnify the Lord with me. He 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 reaches out and say, Oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And then uh, and then in verse four he said, I sought the Lord. 
That's what you got to do. He ain't hard to find. He's just waiting for you to seek him out. You, but you got to do your part. Uh, uh, the worst, you know, the worst thing I heard, well, uh, I hear from Christians a lot of times, they say, I'm, I'm waiting on the Lord. He's going to give me this job. I say, did you put in an application? No. What do you think? He's going to fill it out too? Come on now. You're healthy enough. You got to get out and do your part. I, I'm just saying, Pastor. I'm just saying. Uh, he, he said, I sought the Lord. So you got to seek after him and you will find him. And he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. Yes, yes, yes. What I'm trying to get you to see is that Paul and Silas did not have an ordinary worship. Their situation was not ordinary. But they understood that they served an extraordinary God. I told you I would not be long. I have two points and then I'm getting ready to sit down. I have two points that God has given me for you to take away. The point one, our worship begins with us having our own personal relationship with God. You got to have your own relationship with him. I know mama them and grandmama them praying for you, but they can't have your relationship with God. He wants that one-on-one with you. Without it, we become easily discouraged and depressed by our circumstances. One commentator said that it is a matter of the heart, and only God knows if it is truly worship. I don't worship God the same way you do. But as long as I have my personal relationship with him and my heart beats for him, my worship and my praise is my worship and my praise. But it starts internally. As I read and read and read, I came up with a Stephenism. Is that okay with y'all? I, I, I got a few degrees on the, on, on, on the board, and one of them is some theology there. But I came up with this Stephenism. Worship, my Stephenism is this. You want me to write this down? It says, worship has to be an inward experience before it can come and become an outward manifestation of adoration for celebration. Oh, let me, let, me, let me come back. Let me say it again. Let me say it again just in case. Worship has to be an inward experience before it can become an outward manifestation of adoration of love for celebrating God. Let me break it down. Worship has to begin with us spiritually before it can be projected physically. You see what I'm saying? It has to begin internally before you can show it externally. You you can tell when somebody don't have that internal uh, relationship with God. Sitting in church next to you, you don't know whether to say good morning or move. Uh, spirit just spirit just there. You, you looking over there at them, they looking over at you, and God forsake you sitting in that seat. You know, because when you have that internal, I'm going to invite you to sit there. But if you're sitting, if I don't have it, I'm asking you, you in my seat, you need to get up. It's the difference between internal and the external. Preach that thing. <laughs> God, listen, 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 listen. God recognizes game and he recognizes true worship. When Paul and Silas prayed and sang him, those boys were real about their worship and praise. It was not about their circumstances or their situation. It's about, it was about their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It was about giving God all the praises and raising him up and lifting him up, even in prison. I, I, I don't know about you, but it had been kind of hard to be shackled in doing that, but they were in the depth of the prison. I know it had to be dark. Ain't nobody paying no electric bill and definitely ain't got no AC. Come on now. When Paul and Silas prayed and sang him, those boys was real. Listen. 
you know, I, 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 Pastor and I, we talked about this, and I often talk when I was doing prison ministry. The one thing those boys told me in there when I came in, they said, I'm going to tell you something, Pastor. Game recognizes game. Now, now they, them boys got a lot of time in there, so they know if you come in there, if you're playing. Well, I'm here to tell you, God knows when your worship is real, and he knows when you're just going through the motions. Uh, you sit in church all day and leave out the same way. I don't know. Uh, 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 that's not worship. Jeremiah said it's like fire shot up in my bones. It's hard to come in, in the presence of the Lord and remain the same. I don't know about you. I just can't, can't maintain it uh, uh, the way I feel. I like, can't maintain the way I praise him. It's, it's hard to do that. Point two, and I'm almost done. This going to mess somebody up, but I got to say it anyway. It's not about the place, but it's about the person. It's not about the place, but it's about the person. When we worship, it has to be in spirit and in truth. Nothing more, nothing less. Listen, listen, John 4.24 tells us God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. We can't get caught up in the place. A building is just that, a building, until we come into it for worship. Just came from Totoya, British Virgin Islands. Uh, uh, two years ago, Irma hit it and took everything away. All they had was a wall and some, some structures in there. Uh, but that was just the building. The pastor told us that uh, they would worship outside the, the church. Uh, uh, that's where the church was. A building is just a building. This is a beautiful structure. He said they worship outside with the mosquitoes and everything. But you know what? That was the church. This was a blown out building. It doesn't become a church until we come into the building. I just need you to know that, my brothers and sisters. A building is just that, a building, until we come in for worship. We are the church. And where we are, there the church is. Listen, when worship becomes about the building, we box God into our own limited world of worship. Worship is not about a set time and day. It's, just, it's not just linked to Sunday morning services. I heard someone say it like this. We have confused the idea of corporate worship with doing church rather than being the church. Do I need to say that again? Y'all need to write that down. We have confused the idea of corporate worship we're doing the church rather than being the church. If worship becomes something that only occurs at a specific time and location each week, we lose the complete call to be worshipers as we journey through daily life. Let's imagine if Paul and Silas had to be inside a church to worship, they'd still be in chains. The doors would still be closed. Uh, wherever you are, that's where the church is. I just need you to understand that. It's not about a set time and day. Uh, uh, it's not just linked to Sunday morning worship. Uh, I just need you to understand that Paul and Silas, while in the depth of prison, reminds us that our situations should never deter our celebration and adoration for worship. The best thing we can do is to continue to worship God in the good times and the bad times. I need you to understand this. God is a, a good God, and he is worthy to be praised. Uh, I need you to understand the sole reason we were created, my brothers and sisters, was for worship and fellowship. I like how the songwriter put it as I come to a close. He said, you did not create 
me to worry. You did not create me to fear, but you created me to worship daily. And then he says, so I'm going to leave it all right here. My hands are raised because I surrender. Your will is what's best for me. I worship you because you're Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. I worship you because you are Jehovah Jireh. I need you to understand that I worship you because you are Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. I just need you to understand that. All my provisions don't come from Southeastern University. My divisions, provisions don't come from a paycheck. Uh, my provisions come from my Jehovah Jireh. I just need you to understand that uh, my brothers and sisters, I uh, worship because you are Jehovah Jireh. I bow before the king of kings. There's a whole lot of other kings that have come before him, uh, but he is the king of kings. David was a king uh, Pharaoh was a king, but I'm talking about the king of kings. Uh, 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 I need you to, it says, no more crying, no more complaining. I believe your word is true. He says, Lord, you promised never to leave me, so this is what I'm going to do. Uh, he said, I will trust in you, Lord. I will trust in you, Lord. You got to turn it all over to him, uh, not just some of it. He wants all of it. You got to turn it all over to the Lord, uh, not some of it. Uh, child sick, turn it over to the Lord. Doctors tell you, you got stage four cancer, turn it over to the Lord. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm going to give it all to the Lord. He can do a lot more than I can do. He said, uh, I will trust you, Lord. I will put my trust in you. Uh, uh, listen, listen, nothing God does is ordinary. Nothing God does is ordinary. Uh, 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 listen, listen, uh, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, uh, that wasn't ordinary. Uh, she crawled on the ground and she touched the hem of his garment. That's not ordinary. That is extraordinary. Uh, 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 I need you to understand that raised Lazarus from the dead. That's not Ordinary, that's extraordinary. And then they tell me 2,000 years ago. I don't know about you, but 2,000 years ago. They say they nailed Jesus to the cross. Uh, uh, he suffered, bled, and he died. Uh, but they tell me on the third day, Sunday morning, he rose with all power in his hand. Uh, I can't find nowhere, anywhere that it says Buddha rose in three days. Uh, I can't find nowhere in the Quran that it says Muhammad rose in three days. But my God, ah, yes, my God, his, sent his son Jesus that three days later, he rose with all power in his hand. Uh, I'm here to tell you good hope. Uh, this ain't no ordinary worship. If you want some extraordinary things to happen, you got to lift the Lord up.